0: Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I have built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. you are know more about the baseball model during the course of this episode, set to cover six major league baseball games scheduled to be played on Monday, April 10th, 2023. In case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickstheprofessor.com new for some explanations and community rules. So if you're interested in projections and picks for every single game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description. We have seen so far that the picks on show have been doing less good. The picks on dub club have been doing better. It's a random subset. There's no intentionality behind that. By the end of the year, I believe they will both be equally profitable. But the show picks haven't done as well. The Dub club picks have been. That's going to flip flop around at some point. But again, if you're looking for all the picks, all the A grade picks, which are still doing really well um overall despite a, a frustrating week last week dub club is the place to hit that up that link again in the show description but even if you're not there i'm still thrilled that you're here remember the sports are unpredictable so the discussion of the show projects a typical game and does not try to forecast it as to a t is that be a foolish and impossible goal we'll take a long term view in here and don't get distracted when you have a team with a six nothing lead then fall behind 10 to 6 and then tie it up 10 to 10 because you have weird things in sports all the time but we balance that out in the long run. We had some discussion in the discord about this and it's the idea that when I say, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. It's the concept that I expect a slow and steady 5% ROI every single day. But as you and I both know, you rarely hit that number. It's oftentimes a little bit better or way better or a little bit worse or way worse. It's the long run. And and when I say long run, I got to make sure we understand this too. It's a big sample size. It's much bigger than your brain wants to think it is. There's a reason why you hear that people talk about professional gamblers having losing months. And that's the literal best of the best of all of us who do this, you know, for a living with large sums of money that most of us cannot even fathom wagering still will have a losing month. It's because the sample size needed for this long run that I'm talking about is really large. We're talking months really The whole baseball season last year was profitable. So far, it hasn't been great. Kind of holding our own, kind of around break even here. But in the long run, it will work just like it did last year. And we're going to have up weeks, down weeks. There's a lot of good variants. There's a lot of bad variants. But in the end, it'll be that slow and steady profit that we're looking for to build our bankroll. It's just any individual day, any individual week, you never know what's going to happen. Last week, excuse me, last year, we had... Back-to-back weeks that were pretty terrible, and then we ripped off like seven of eight straight winning weeks after that. So you just never know how it's going to play out. Last week, not great. Stubbed their toe a little bit. Back in the saddle here this week following the same principles of positive expected value plays and it's going to work out for us here in the long run. So hopefully we can kick it off Monday with some good winners to get us on the right track this week. But before we get to it, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball MLB, or college football content this channel provides. Reminder, A-grade money line plays return four units. That is the risk plus the win equals four. It's not that we're trying to win four. We're not risking four. It's that the risk plus win is four. That way, if it's even money, you're risking two to win two. The B-grade plays return three. The C-grade plays return two. That way we've got more on the A-grade plays, which have done better so far. Last year, the A, B, and C-grade plays all did about the same. So I kind of started off this year thinking maybe we should be playing all of them. So for this year, the A-grades have done a little better. It's really too early to tell what means what. But either way, we are still scaling here here, that the A-grade plays have more on them. So we're kind of hedging a little bit in the middle. So we're still putting a little bit on those C-grade plays, but not as much. Put more on the A-grade plays, which have done really well. So far, again, I say it every show: take what you like and leave the rest. That is, if you don't want to play the secret plays, don't play them. If you want to just play the A's, you want to play just the A's and B's. You want to scale a little bit different. Whatever works for you. I'm just kind of trying to provide some guidelines, some recommendations. If you want to follow exactly to a T, you can do that by checking out the Google sheet again. I post that for all of our Dub Club members, uh, but you know, well before the games here happen and well before the show happens. If you want to kind of tweak a little bit, you do you, whatever works. I don't want to mess with your success if you're having it. So again, like I'm always saying, take what you like and leave the rest. One day game here on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. White Sox at the Twins. Dylan Cease versus Kenta Maeda. Maeda has been an up and down pitcher. I think fairly highly of him. He's had some injury issues as of late. So we haven't seen him as much in the last, uh, you know, bit of time. Uh, Really good outing his first time out. The interline metrics say it wasn't a flu. Of course, it was just one star, but it's pretty good model. Says he's better than average, barely, but still better than average. Of course, the issue is he's going up against the guy in Dylan Cease, who, the model just constantly underrates. I'm not really sure why the model only gives him at 83 grade. Again, 100 is average and we use a standard deviation of 15. So the model says he's one standard deviation better than average, but the top pitchers, Jacob deGrom category aside, tend to be about two standard deviations better than average. And that's where I feel like Dylan C should be. I'm not really sure why he hangs here. He did have some rough starts last year on occasion, but I mean, his body of work was really good last year. So the model's just not quite buying in, but that 159 ERA in his two starts this year, I mean, that's not a mirage. One of those came against the Astros who, even though they aren't fully healthy, still got a pretty decent offense. Underlying metrics say, you know, it should be a little bit higher than that, but that's not saying anything really it's still really good underlying metrics he had a really good year last year again the model doesn't think he's as good as i think he is so i love backing dylan Cease anytime we get a chance to found a plus 115 here at locked it in as a b grade pick this was the game that i saw had the biggest discrepancy between numbers across books so we're always talking about shopping around if you don't have enough books Always make sure you've got an offshore in your arsenal. There's a couple of links in the show description to two offshores that I recommend that usually have minimal juice on baseball games shopping around make sure you get good numbers here plus 115 is a pretty good play on the white Sox here it's a b grade model says it should be 114 so slightly plus expected value according to sideline but like i said i i I think is better than the model realizes and so with that regard model says twins minus 114 but if i were to make the line myself i probably would put it more like twins minus 110 they are the home team they are a really good team they definitely have the better bullpen and made is not a bad pitcher by any stretch of the imagination it's just i wouldn't make them quite as as big a favorites as the model does, so plus one fifteen here for the day game. I think it's a pretty solid investment on the White Sox. Both of these offenses are just very average. Both of them just a couple of points below average according to sideline. And again, the starting pitching advantage that the White Sox are going to have is going to be offset by the reliever advantage that the Twins have. But this is a coin toss game that could go in either way. So plus one fifteen, pretty good. Uh, play here, in my opinion. Mm. Weather wise, it's going to be a nice day in Minnesota. We're going to be in the mid 60s to start closing around 70 degrees. Moderate wind blowing out at five to 10 miles an hour. No rain in the forecast. Model projects a total of 7.8. I'm actually seeing 7.5. I wouldn't be touching this total whatsoever because my it is looked pretty good in that one, first start. And of course, with Dylan Cease, this could be a pitcher's duel. The wind blowing out in decent weather. We've seen a lot of home runs, a lot of balls flying out, so could go over. I, I think the total's not really one to mess with at 7.5. I think it's a pretty good number, focusing here on the dog. We aren't going to be fortunate enough to get Dylan Cease at plus odds very many times this year, so I think it's worth the gamble here, and it's not like he's going up against what I think is a top, top team. The Twins are a good team, don't get me wrong, but they're not a peak-healthy you know, Astros, peak-healthy Yankees, peak-healthy uh, you know, Dodgers, those type teams. So uh, plus odds in Dylan Cease, the way to go in the day game. 6.40 p.m. Eastern, Marlins the Phillies. going to back to Marlins for the first time all season here. It's partially why I'm repping the, the Black Marlins jersey. Minus 110 is a B grade. Uh, kind of a lather and repeat what I said about Dylan Cease here for Sandy Alcantara. Fantastic pitcher. Model at least does give him a good rating. Two standard deviations below league average at a seventy grade. But I mean, this guy is legit. His underlying metrics always tend to lag his ERA, and I think that's part of the reason why the model doesn't put him in the Jacob deGrom territory, even though his ERA tends to be there. His underlying metrics are just a little bit less, a little bit more skeptical, I should say, of him. But of course, the fact that he gives you so much length is so valuable. He's by far, the, the pitcher's going to give you the most innings in a game and of course, quality innings too. And that's really good because the Marlins bullpen is just a league average. And so it's just shortening the game is just a huge benefit. He's gone a couple times through already, averaging over seven innings in his two starts, which most pitchers were kind of tapped out around 80, 90 pitches in that first start. He's at the point now where any given game he could throw nine. And so the fact that we have a potential edge here on Alcantara, is something that I want to jump all over because, again, the model tends to fade the top pitchers. So, model says Marlins minus 110. I'm on Marlins minus 110 as a B grade pick. It's even expected value according to the model, but again, I don't, we just don't get a lot of opportunities to back Alcantara. And so, in my opinion, when I look at this, Again, I would probably make this number more like Marlins minus 115 as what I think the true number should be. So I think minus 110 offers us some value. Again, it's not the strongest play on the card. We've got one A-grade play that I'll cover later, and then there's a few others that'll be out for Dub Club, including the A-plus play of the day. But I still think Marlins minus 110 should be part of your repertoire. Again, a B-grade. Here, model says Marlins win a little over 50% of the time. They're going up against Matt Strom, who the model likes and has them above average. His underlying metrics have been solid. He's a guy that shockingly gave five innings in his first time out, and that was, of course, the big concern with him is he started some in the past. He's been a really dominant reliever at times in the past, but he's very rarely been stretched out, and a guy who's able to give you seven. He's had a lot of injury issues. So I think Strom's a pretty good pitcher, but obviously he's no match for Alcantara. Marlins, of course, on the road, and they do struggle to score runs, but here's the thing about the Marlins, and I've talked about their offense not being good. I think I mentioned this at least one other time. If you missed that episode, I do want to make sure you hear this. The Marlins are very right-handed heavy, and so the model just does not trust them at all against a right-handed pitcher. Doesn't mean they won't score runs on occasion, but on average, the Marlins offense does not do well against right-handed pitching. Against left-handed pitching, though, they're so right-handed heavy, they actually rate out slightly above average. Strom, of course, for the Phillies is a lefty. So that gives the Marlins a little bit of an extra boost here that the model's incorporating. That's part of the reason why I think the Marlins should be road favorites. Obviously, Alcantara is really good, but the reason we faded him the first two times and at plus odds, so those first two times we were able to, um, you know, profit... It's not just about him. It's about the offense and the fact that they're facing a lefty gives me more confident they can win. Obviously, the Marlins are going to win a lot of Alcantara starts, but we just don't want to be laying massively minus odds with a really great pitcher because he can only control half the game. He can't score, and that's half the game if he goes nine innings, right? So the fact that the Marlins are facing a lefty, I think bodes well. They're in a more hitter-friendly ballpark, so that should at least get their offense going. But the hitter-friendliness, probably not a big deal to Alcantara. He had about three or four starts last year where he got lit up, and otherwise, just about every start was phenomenal. So backing him at minus 110. Total in this one is 7.5. Model says 7.4, so another really well-priced total. Weather-wise, we're going to be around 60 degrees for first pitch, closing around 50, and a moderate wind blowing out around 5 to 10 miles an hour, and thankfully no rain in the forecast. 7.10 7.10 p.m. Eastern, Padres at the Mets. Let's back to Mets here at minus 122. Only a C-grade. Model says it should be Mets minus 120. So this was one where if you can get a little bit better odds, the model likes this And Of course, the Padres closing out that series against the Braves really well, kind of finally getting back on track. Bottom line, as I mentioned last week, the Padres not as bad as they've been playing, and they've showed that here against the Braves they are still a really good team. Here's the issue. Last year, we noticed Sunday night baseball teams, especially playing on the road who are traveling, did Terrible on Monday. Teams who were playing a day game the next day did terrible. Even if it was the home team traveling, that travel spot playing a night game where the other teams already in rested just really messed with teams, and they just did really bad. Worse than they probably should have. I I think it was an overblown thing. I don't think they're going to go as bad this year, but there is something to be said for the fact that the the Mets were home at a reasonable hour here on Sunday, sleeping in their own beds. The Padres are playing until, you know, 9 30 local time and then they've got to get on a plane and fly to new york that's another couple hours in the air right there getting in late that's advantage mets the model isn't really taking that into account much so again only a c grade here according to the model but i think that the mets are a worthwhile investment here at a short number like this based off the spot that the podgers are coming off of the concern i have for the mets mac Scherzer. Not looking really good his first two starts. Didn't look great at times coming off the injury last year. You wonder if father time has really come for him or not. The model still thinks he's good, but is starting to really dock him because it's not just the results that were bad in those two starts. The underlying metrics were terrible for him. Obviously, he has the pedigree to turn it around. It could just be two bad starts. It might be the beginning of an end because when players get old, a lot of times it just happens and they kind of start to fall apart. I don't know which one it is. I'm not going to try to make some grand prognostication. Like I'm going to tell you exactly what's going to happen because I don't. And that's one of the things here that I'm always going to be upfront, honest with you. There's a lot of things we know, a lot of things we don't. We don't know which one it is. I'm a little concerned those underlying metrics in those first two games were not good for Scherzer. That's the concern with backing the Mets, especially going up against a pitcher like you, Darvish. Here's the thing about you, Darvish though. Last start out. Underlying metrics, not very good. So he's another guy that's also older. So you kind of have some of the same concerns. And if both pitchers are starting to hit that age curve, Scherzer is still an underlying better pitcher than Darvish. A little bit of uncertainty here because the starting pitchers, but again, I think it's a great spot to back the Mets based off the Padres coming from Atlanta the night before and what we saw last year with Sunday night baseball. So I'm still on the Mets. I'm just not going to go too heavy on it because of the fact that I'm just, I'm just not certain about Scherzer. I want to see him look better before I start being, more heavily invested in backing him otherwise though these are two really good teams bullpens pretty average obviously the injury to ds hurts padres better on the back end not a lot of depth but offensively both these teams are really good so it's kind of a wash give the mets the home field and the spot edge i'm backing them here again looking for a price better than minus 120 but even in the low minus 120s still a worthwhile investment to your portfolio i'm just scaled back on it versus some of the other plays Weather-wise, mid-50s to start, closing around 50 in a moderate 5-10 to 10 mile an hour wind blowing out to center field. Also, no rain in the forecast. Speaking of the team the Padres just handled here on Sunday Night Baseball, the Braves will be at home. Let's back to Braves here. Everything I just said about Sunday Night Baseball, not really going to be ample. This is the one situation where we've seen the Sunday Night Baseball teams do fine. They're home. They're playing a night game at home the next day. No big issues. This is just like when they play on Tuesday, and then they play again on Wednesday nothing happened here. The reds obviously got to Atlanta at a good hour, but the Braves sleeping in their own beds, having a night game, not really much of an issue. So as opposed to the Padres, the Braves really no penalty for playing on Sunday night baseball. And the, I said last time I wasn't sold on Bryce elder. And that's what I get for trying to outthink the model. I still have him as a better pitcher than Graham Ashcraft. I like Ashcraft. I I think both these guys are about average. The model says Elder slightly better than average. Ashcraft slightly worse than average. I think both these young pitchers are solid. Neither one of them are great, but we saw what Elder can do last time out. He's going to have some potential issues because he doesn't throw hard, but he has pretty good command, pretty good movement, and that can have you survive in the big leagues, not as a top guy, but as a back-end rotation guy. That's all the Braves need him to be with their offense, with their bullpen, and that's all they need him to be at home against an offense as bad as the Reds, one of the worst offenses in baseball that get benefited by having a massive home Hitter-friendly ballpark, the second most hitter-friendly in baseball, and with the home run balls increasing, potentially even as good as course Field, uh, depending on kind of which eye you close and how you look at it. That's how impressive uh, the hitter's park, their home ballpark, is. But don't be fooled. Overall, their offense is really bad. So Bryce Elder again. I don't think he's an ace, but he should be able to handle the Reds. Ashcraft, again, I don't think he's bad either, but he's going up against one of the better offenses in baseball in the Braves. Don't be fooled by what you saw here in a couple games where they struggled against the Padres. Just like I said, don't be fooled with the Padres struggling a couple a couple games before that. If you just look at a couple games, you're going to get misled massively. Teams have all sorts of ebbs and flows. You know, momentum is only as good as the next day starting pitcher. It's only as good as how much your hitters show up the next day, which varies wildly. More times than not, a couple good games or bad games doesn't really mean much. The Braves are still the much better team, much better offensively. They're going to give Ashcraft all he wants. So while it's about even starting pitcher wise, the bullpens and the offense massively favor the Braves. Minus 180 is an A grade. It's a steal of an investment here. Model says it should be Braves. Minus 254 that they win this over 70% of the time. So a really strong edge here backing the Braves. Interesting note on this one, the total that I'm seeing is nine. And I think that's way too high. It's going to be a chilly night in Atlanta. We're going to start off in the mid-50s, close around uh, 45 degrees. Winds will be blowing in. Starting off moderately strong, close to 10 miles an hour, dying down as the night goes on, but a will bit colder. It's going to be a massive pitcher-friendly atmosphere, and the Reds' bullpen isn't very good. And again, I think the Braves' offense shouldn't have any problems scoring, but nine seems like way too many runs for a night like this in Atlanta. Unless something massively changes in the forecast and all of a sudden it's looking like a hot night, I don't see any way this gets to nine. The Braves could just single... The Reds to death, you know, get a lot of walks, that sort of thing. This Braves offense can be really potent, but nine on average, we're talking about an average game, not trying to forecast it to T. T. I don't know exactly what will happen, but on average – This game stays under nine a lot. The model says 6.6. That seems a little bit low, but we have to understand just how cold it is. And while I know that overs have been a really profitable play in baseball, if I was betting an over, I'd be looking at where the total is pretty close to the model projection and not something like this. This, I think, is a pretty strong underplay uh, for sure. Again, along with backing the Braves, I don't think the Reds are going to score much. Also, Reds' team total under might be a really good way to look. Again, Elder's a solid pitcher at least average, and again, the Reds' offense is good, and this night is just not going to be favorable for the Reds to score runs given how cold and a little bit of wind blowing in that we have. Again, just like most of baseball here, no rain in the forecast. Two late games to talk about here. First one, 9.40 p.m. Eastern, Nationals at the Angels. Going to back the Angels at minus 215. It's a C grade, and I want to talk about this game because I think it's a really interesting case study In how to bet baseball, and many of you know this, and so you're going to be watching this and you're going to it's going to strengthen your views and your principles, and that's exactly what I'm looking at looking for. For some of you, it's a little bit newer, but remember that some of the best gamblers in the world don't actually know anything about the sport, they know numbers, they know situations, they know data everything that you know about baseball says the Angels should win this game. And I do not disagree with that. I would not be backing the Nationals in the spot. We backed the Nationals three times against the Rockies. They won two of the three. I feel very fortunate that we got two of the three because Nats team is terrible. The Angels are a pretty solid team. Their bullpen, obviously shaky, but the Nats offense you don't think is one to capitalize on that. This Angels offense is pretty good. They're facing a lefty. They're even better against lefties because talk about how right-handed heavy they are. Otani's the only left-handed hitter of value in their lineup. So the angels offense should do massive da- damage against Patrick Corbin, who just has completely lost. It hasn't been good for a few years now. And Jose Suarez uh, for the angels, despite a really rough first start and the underlying metrics aren't pretty, still an average pitcher. An average pitcher should have success against the Nationals. Nationals also traveling here, coming in from Colorado. Everything about this screams Angels. And if you think that, you're not wrong. The bottom line, though, is that we have to understand the randomness in baseball and even the best teams in baseball lose to teams that they shouldn't. And if you think that's not correct, just look back to the first 10 games of this season. There's You know, at least a dozen examples of a situation where a team lost a game where you look at it and you think how in the world did that happen? Opening night, Angels losing to Oakland with Otani on the mound, right? So there's a lot of times where these minus 200 plays lose. Now they win a lot as well. But the bottom line is that at minus 215, I think it's worth backing the Angels. I think it's worth adding to your portfolio. I just don't want people to go too heavy on it because this is a really steep price for an Angels bullpen that's not very good. And again, Suarez being just an average pitcher should handle the Nationals, but I don't want to go heavy on something where I think something should happen and I don't really have a ton of faith in it. So again, minus 215, okay to play the Angels, but the model says it should be Angels minus 207. And the model doesn't give a ton of minus 200 numbers so it does really like the angels here but we do have to be price sensitive so if you add the angels to a money line parlay if you're doing one money line parlay two teams you put the angels in one other game you like i think that's totally reasonable but Please don't put the angels in all of your moneyline parlays and don't go really heavy on a price like minus 215 because it could be worth investing in. But we just want to make sure that our investments are reasonably sized because there's not a lot of value. And the size of our investment should be proportional to how much value there is. And at minus 215, again, I think it's worth playing. I don't think it's worth going heavy on because even if the angels do win this at a larger clip than the model thinks, even if they win this 70% of the time, it's only a small plus expected value play. So I like the angels. I just don't want to go too heavy on them. Again, model says two Oh seven. So if you can get a number of hearts with a one, absolutely go a little bit stronger on the angels. That's not available right now. I don't see why it would be money tends to come in on the angels as time moves forward. And I don't know who's going to be backing Patrick Corbin. The price I would need to back Patrick Corbin is really high. (laughs) That's not something I'd even want to do. And I'd be really small on it if I did. So again, I like the Angels here. I just don't want to get too invested at this price. Total in this one is nine and a half. Models is 9.1. We're seeing, of course, Anaheim having a lot of runs scored in it. And I think that's going to be exactly what this Angels team does all season long. Pretty good offense. Not a good bullpen. I would not be going under in this game whatsoever. I'm not sure about over. Over's been working well. So if you kind of like that, want to roll with it, this one might be one I take a chance on. I just really hope for an over nine rather than nine and a half because nine is a pretty common final score, total number of runs. But the good news about going over nine and a half is part of the reason why you like over nine so much is the fact that if you get the four to four, you're guaranteed that ninth run and that's that push protection. But obviously, given that we think the Angels are going to win pretty heavily, and again, we're not betting crazy on it because weird things happen in sports, but we do have to acknowledge more times than not, this is not going to end up as a four to four game. So that push protection on nine, a little bit less valuable in this spot. So if you like the overs, this is one I'd look at just because I think the angels are going to score a lot and their bullpen is bad, so they're probably going to give up a few at some point. Weather, though, not quite as warm as it was this weekend. Going to be low 60s to start and mid-50s to close. We are going to have a slight breeze, about 5 to 10 miles an hour blowing out, but it's too cold for me to love the over, but again, it would be the way I would look if I was playing it. Last one here tonight, 9.40 p.m. Eastern. Brewers at the Diamondbacks. Let's take the road Brewers here at plus 130. It's a B-grade pick. Model says it should be Diamondbacks minus 126, so the Diamondbacks should be favored. Obviously, they have a really good pitcher in Zach Gallon going, but I think that laying a price like minus 150 with the Diamondbacks, way too steep. gallon is really good, and he's definitely better than Wade Miley, but... The Diamondbacks are a little bit left-handed heavy. That's going to play into the Brewers' favor. Throwing Eric Lowe, uh, Wade Miley, who is a lefty. On top of that, Miley's first start pretty good. Underlying metrics not bad. He, again, he's not good, but he's as much he's he's less bad versus average than the Diamondbacks' offense is against lefties bad as well. If that makes sense, as in the Diamondbacks' offense is worse than Wade Miley is bad. No one's good in that. It's bad versus bad. But Miley's at least closer to average in this Diamondbacks' offense against lefties. Diamondbacks' offense against righties a lot stronger. Now, obviously, I know the Dynebacks, you know, did have success against Clayton Kershaw. They had a lot of success against the Dodgers in general over this weekend. It's just a couple games. And I did mention it, that the Diamondbacks had a lot of success last year against the Dodgers at home, despite the fact that they still lost 90 games or whatever it was. So I'm not necessarily thinking that can translate forward. I just think they play the Dodgers well. Every once in a while, a team plays well. I, I don't think that really means much going forward. I think Zach Allen's a really good pitcher. I think the Diamondbacks should be favored. I think plus 130, though, is a pretty solid value play here on the Brewers. Gets a B grade. Need a little bit better odds for an A grade, but still worth the investment here everybody's going to be on Zach Allen. Everybody's going to be on the Dimebacks after taking three out of four from the Dodgers. I typically want to go against what everybody's doing. It's not going to always work, but in general, the people get carried away. And I always like to say, what's, what's uncle, uh, uncle Joe saying?" you know, if uncle Joe's over there and everyone's talking about the same thing, everyone knows all the same stuff. I always want to fade Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe loses a lot of money in the long run. He gets a lot of games right, but he gets way more wrong than he gets right. And so I just I like being on the opposite side here. And I think that's what's happening. I think there's just uh the new Diamondbacks are overpriced based off of the names of the pitchers and what happened this weekend. And I'm not saying Gallon isn't better than Miley, he absolutely is. I just don't think he's better than them by enough to justify this price. The other thing, Brewer's offense shown some life this year, and on top of that, they are more left-handed heavy, so facing a righty makes them actually above average according to the model, so as big of a discrepancy as the Diamondbacks have with the starting pitcher, the Brewers have that edge on offense. Bullpens, about a wash, both of them pretty average, but I think the Brewers... Even though they're on the road, they got a shot to win this game. Model says they win it about 45% of the time. And if we win 45 out of 100 of these contests at plus 130, it's going to build our bankrolls in the long run. So I like this play here at plus 130, B grade, according to Sideline. And the model projects the roof to be closed. That's all I've got for you here today. Thanks for tuning to this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content provided on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Be back again to tomorrow with more baseball betting content. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.